You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that he's given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. And uh, welcome, welcome. If you are listening anywhere where you get your podcast, give a like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. Don't want you to miss anything. And you can also listen through the Sound of Heaven app. App. Just go to SOH.church or anywhere where you get your mobile apps. Type in Sound of Heaven. It won't be hard to find. Great digital Bible on there. And like I said, a uh, ton of great resources. So we are at the tail end of uh, the Sermon on the Mount's introduction. We still have a good ways to go in terms of the Sermon on the Mount itself. That will be Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So we'll be here for some time. And rightfully so. Jesus is speaking to the crowds and he is sharing with them what it means to live in this kingdom of God that he is delivering. Remember, through Christ, there is a new covenant. Because of the new covenant, there was the ability for all of humanity, not just the you know Jewish people, not, not just God's people of that time. All of humanity have the opportunity to live and move and have their being in the fullness of God through Christ. And that's where you and I are right now. Uh, and we are going through the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is going through characteristics and promises. And many of these characteristics that we see are ones that are not highly valued in mainstream culture. Now, I do say mainstream culture uh, here, uh, which is very, very true, but also mainstream culture to them. Remember, when we are reading scripture, we have to realize that there was an original audience there. So proper reading of scripture causes us to ask the question, how did they receive this? Okay. Uh, but what we're reading here is are, are kingdom principles that we can absolutely apply directly to our lives uh, today. So uh, to give some examples, right, of, of some things that may not be so attractive uh, to the rest of the world and it may be hard for us to even grasp as well, uh, to admit that we are poor in spirit, right, that we don't have much spiritually to bring to the table. So what's the answer to that? Uh, we rely on God and his spirit. And it says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? So there's a promise involved that if we would make ourselves less, then more of God would be available to us in our life. Blessed are those who mourn. None of us like to mourn. None of us like loss. Uh, in this context, it's talking very much about mourning for our own sins and imperfections. But what? We will be comforted. So to so be in a place where we realize that we don't have all the answers, but uh, God is faithful to allow us to inherit the kingdom anyway, and also to uh, be comforted in knowing that he can uh, fulfill everything in our life. Remember, at the end of what we can do is the beginning of everything that God can do. So sometimes we have to push to the end of ourselves and then trust God for the rest. I say sometimes really always. Okay. Um, the, the meek inherit the earth. We don't like to be meek. We don't like to be gentle. You know, we like to be fierce in many cases and we think of meek as weak. Not so when we're gentle, 
with others, when we take the time to, to just stop and understand and restrain ourselves from maybe overreacting, um, a lot can be accomplished and God can trust us, right? We don't have to con- necessarily conquer this world. Uh, God will give us the things that we need in this world. Um, and it doesn't mean to be, again, soft and weak, but it means to, th- to handle situations with care. Uh, and that's something that the world doesn't like to do, right? We want to jump on each other and devour each other. We've got a thing going on right now, the cancel culture in this world. I say that we start a movement called the forgiveness culture. Amen. All right. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Well, they will be filled, right? We long for the things of this world. And what happens? We get disappointed. Those things go away. They're temporary. But the things of God are forever. And God will fill us if we would hunger for the things for him. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy, right? We want to um, receive mercy ourselves, uh, but we don't extend mercy to others. Right. And we don't sometimes recognize that God has given us tremendous amount of mercy, uh, more than we deserve in our life. The pure in heart see God. Right. We we want to uh, we live in a society and they lived in a society where uh, we could pollute our heart with fal- falsehoods and things that would fill the gap that God should be in. And uh, God, that is a blocker a lot of times for us seeing what God is doing in our life. And then finally, we go to blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. The peacemakers, right? We need that more than ever today because we have people at our throats, at each other's throats. Um, And being a peacemaker doesn't mean being an appeaser, right? There is a balance. And that's what we're going to get into here. Uh, Most of us would want to be that destroyer that uh, just crushes our enemy and debates people on Facebook and and it's and social media and and wins every fight but really as children of God what we should be seeking to do is finding common ground and as long as we're at peace with our brother and our sister uh, there is opportunity for us to share the gospel a lot of times we just want to use the gospel as a club and say do this or burn that's ineffective it's not how Jesus worked. But if we can find a way, like Paul said in Romans 128, if uh, if at all possible, live at peace with one another, if we can find a way to live in an amicable way and not be the ones that try to ignite conflict all the time, uh, what happens is that gives us an audience. I can't tell you how many people were just are, were staunch atheists and against God, but Instead of me reciting chapter and verse of scripture to them, I decided to be the scripture to them, to just love them like God loves them. And that opens the door for so many amazing things. But all of this is not necessarily without uh, consequence. And that's what we're going to get into here, because Jesus closes out with a final blessed are those. And then uh, we get into an awesome uh, rest of the teaching here. Uh, But he says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So he he bookends this again with what it means to be part of and possess the kingdom of heaven. And he says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. And this is something that may be the hardest uh, for us all to deal with, is that a lot of times because of our faith, we are not going to be accepted. Uh, and rightfully so. Righteousness 
means to act in a manner approved by God. Now, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. Nobody is, right? And that's always what we get accused of is, is thinking we're perfect, they're not. And, and it's really bad, quote unquote, marketing on Christianity's part, because really the crux of Christianity is realizing that you're a broken person that is uh, in, need of a, a, in need of a savior. Right. Um, and I, and I wish that we would communicate that a little bit better, but it says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, per- persecuted because of the pursuit uh, of a life that is worthy of <clears throat> the approval, uh, by God. And what we're going to get into over the course of the next couple of days, probably weeks, as we go through the, uh, uh, sermon on the Mount, you know, in its entirety, is God is going to show us through the words of Jesus how we walk that out. So we don't have to delve too far into that right now. What I really want to get across this morning is that you're not always going to be the popular person because of your faith. And sometimes that's because you want to share your faith and people don't want to hear it. Other times that's because you're, you are going to want to live in a way that other people are not willing to necessarily live. Now you love them anyway, right? Um, but the hard part for you and I is that a lot of times to do the wrong thing is one easy two sometimes it's downright fun. And I hope you don't take that the wrong way. Um, sometimes it's, it's fun to, to, in terms of, uh, let me rephrase that cause I'll get emails on it. Our flesh wants to do certain things, but the spirit in us that wants to do things as well, you know, wants to do the things of God. And that's what we call, right? A flag, a fragmented soul, right? <laughs> We're getting pulled in different directions. Even the apostle Paul himself talked about, you know, that his flesh wanted to do one thing, his physical self and his spirit pulled him in the other direction. Now, what happens is, is that when we cave into what our flesh wants, if it's not of lining up with God, um, what happens is, is that we have a temporary uh, satisfaction, a temporary filling, right? Uh, but then we deal with what? Shame, regret, frustration. Uh, we make mistakes and it su- we suffer loss in life. And this is all part of life's journey. So if you're beating yourself up for things that you've done, stop that. Stop it now. Uh, God is faithful to not only get you beyond that thing, but to be able to help you to use that. Some of the things in your life that you've dealt with are going to be tremendous testimonies in your life. Even if you are getting persecuted uh, now for making the change, I can tell you how uh, I can't tell you how many people that I was in circles doing very, very bad things in my life. And when I was ready to leave, they laughed at me, they mocked me, they made fun of me. Um, and now years later, when they're ready to take steps uh, toward God, they're reaching out to me. I was the trail trailblazer, so to speak, not patting myself on the back, but you have the opportunity to make life changes that will ultimately be the example for other people. So I pray that you today, that you have a boldness and courage to make uh, the right decisions. Now, I want to just say this, and as far as what is not persecution, okay? Uh, what is not persecution necessarily is um, when we see 
that somebody was not allowed to wear a God bless America t-shirt to school. Okay. That's just stupid policy. That's not persecution in the way that we're talking about persecution here. Jesus is saying, and I want to continue reading here. Um, I'll just start with verse 10 again, and I'll get back to that. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you are, when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad that in the Greek actually means leap for joy. And that doesn't sound so uh, exciting, but it says, because your reward is great in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets uh, who were before you uh, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So for us to get persecuted for Christ's sake is a blessing and we're in good company. All of the heroes of the faith had to deal with this. As a matter of fact, the Babylon Bee, I don't know if you know who they are, satire, very, very funny. Uh, most, uh, in many cases, Christian in nature. I believe they they, were, they are a Christian organization, so to speak. Uh, but they came out with this um, this this skit where the uh, a Apostles, disciples are, are around a fire, uh, and Jesus uh, was crucified. And they say, "All right, here's what we're going to do: we are going to go and make up that he rose. We're going to take the body and, and and say that he rose, right?" And everyone says, "Yeah, that's funny." And one of them says, "And then we'll become famous, right?" And he says, "No, then we'll all be killed." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> right? So they're they're trying to prove the point that. You know, there was really no earthly benefit to uh, claiming the resurrection. They all died for their faith. And why do I bring that up? Is because the overwhelming majority of us are not going to have to die for our faith. Uh, but there will be social consequences. And the balance is going to be do we want acceptance? from the world around us in every area, especially socially, or do we want to pursue God? And we'll get to it in Matthew chapter six. It says, if we seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, everything else then gets added unto our lives. So, you know, that is the, that is the challenge, right? It is to go out into this world and pursue Christ in a way that is an example to all, but we still remain around those who are unbelievers and remain at peace with them. Scripture says in Second Corinthians that we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. And if you think about what the role of an ambassador is, an ambassador is someone, and I'm talking politically, then and now, someone who is sent to a region by the king our case by the president. And when they are in that place, they are meant to speak and act as if the king was speaking and acting. So they move and they, uh, they learn to operate, right? They don't go in there with a sword. They go in there as a delegate in many ways, positioning the uh, wants, needs, and desires and commands of the king while looking to impact that region in a way that is peaceful to help to shape and shift policy. I hope you're following me there. 
So an effective ambassador can dwell in a place, can be, become assimilated in a sense where they operate with those around them and pr provide principles from back where they came from. Well, that's what we are for Christ, right? We're ambassadors for Christ on this earth. And what we're going to read over the next couple of days is what it means to operate in this kingdom of God. And if you would start to see yourself as uh, here and here for a purpose, remember, we, we talked about the purpose of life, right? Is to know him and to make him known and making him known in the way of you know, what Jesus wants is not necessarily wearing the John three sixteen t-shirt. It's not necessarily, you know, um, answering everything, you know, having a scripture bumper sticker on the back of your, of your car. Although those things are cool. And I'm not, I'm not doubt, doubting that, but how can you become ingrained in the world around you and be effective with the message of Christ? And sometimes the message is not what, even what you say, it is what you do. It's how you act. So as we go through the Gospels, um, what I pray for you is that you would begin to look at this and say, all right, how do I, this is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus taught. How can I walk this out in my life? Because what we do, unfortunately, is we get into, uh, we either run away from church altogether and we just do what the world does. Uh, and then we become not, we, we call it tolerant, but really what we are as enablers in that case. Um, but, and sometimes uh, we commit the same things. Um, but as we close out here, uh, sometimes what we do is we just silo ourselves in the church, right? And then we live in our own echo chamber. And I will say that to live in your own echo chamber where everybody is saying and doing the same things uh, is not healthy either. We need to get good. And this is why we come together is to get filled up this morning, right? So what do we say? The 1% Christian is the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. And then we do, we, we just don't just hang. We head out to the remaining 99% and do something amazing with this life that God's giving us, given us. That's that amazing thing is being Christ everywhere that we go. So in the next couple of days, over the next couple of weeks, we are going to be really diving in into what that means. And it's not going to be without social consequence, okay? But it is going to be worth it. And my prayer is that we can be in the world, be at peace with others, but be strong in our faith and be able to communicate it in a way that is tactful and effective. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you for all the blessings, Lord. We thank you for all these characteristics in the Beatitudes. Help us to walk these out, Lord God, and to obtain the promises in your life. And even if it comes with social consequence, even if it comes with a momentary rejection, we know we are fully accepted by you. And we pray that you make our lives effective today as we go into the world. Help us to be the light. Help us to be the love everywhere that we go in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. You're listening to the 1% Christian. And don't forget, 100 starts in one. So head out and do something amazing with this life that God's given you.